This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 65 of the podcast where we give you an inside look into aviation careers. Today we have someone with us who I've known for a really long time. A lot of us dream about being airline pilots and, and being an airline captain. And this person actually is an airline captain, has a real passion for teaching. And some of us want to do both. We want to be a teacher and we want to be an airline captain. Well, you know, there's a job that fulfills both your dream of becoming an airline pilot and your passion for teaching. That job is called Airline Check Airman. And I have with me Robert Geyer. Robert Geyer is an airline captain who recently became a Czech Airman. And Rob's going to help describe his aviation journey and how he was able to reach his goal of becoming an airline Czech Airman. He also will help you understand the process of becoming a Czech Airman and how to prepare now to become a Czech Airman. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Carl. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Where Where are you uh, right now, actually? I think you're in Texas, uh, right? Yes, sir. Uh, in uh, Laredo. Laredo. Awesome. And uh, you're doing an overnight right now. And I think you mentioned you're you're actually doing your OE right now? Yes, uh, I'm uh, actually conducting OE on this trip, correct? Cool, cool. Well, Robert and I, like I said, have known each other for quite some time. And uh, he's uh, he actually has been very passionate about aviation the whole time I've known him, most of his life, I'm sure. But uh, I think, Robert, refresh my memory. I think we did an instrument rating or something like that together, didn't we? We did. You helped me work on uh, my instrument, um, and uh, you took me. You showed me some of the ropes of uh, my instrument scan. I remember doing quite a few hours under the hood with you in the right seat next to me there. <laughs> and uh, so, 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 so I, they're good habits I've I've instilled, right? Yeah, you know, for the most part. <laughs> I can trade some bad ones back to oh, I'm just kidding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Well, th- this is really cool. Well, well, before we start talking a little bit about uh, some questions about being a Czech Airman, I just want to click, if you're listening to this show for the first time and uh, you appreciate the content, please visit aviationcareerspodcast.com. Visit our sponsors on the right column there. Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit later about our scholarships. We started a new thing with Scholarship of the Week, and we'll talk about that later. Um, also, this uh, episode right now is actually sponsored by Aviation Scholarships Guide. AviationScholarshipsGuide.com. So check it out. Well, Robert, we uh, we have a lot of questions for you about being a Czech Airman. First of all, congratulations on becoming a Czech Airman. That's awesome that you've you've accomplished that goal. That uh, you've been working on that for a while, haven't you? Yes, I have. Um, I originally applied back in uh, 2000, was it 2010 or 2011, but I happened to be on reserve, which. Uh, with that schedule uh, being on call, you don't have a set schedule beforehand, so it's very hard to have scheduling uh, put students on your schedule. So, unfortunately, I wasn't under consideration at the time, but I got a second shot at it here recently, so I'm uh, very pleased to uh, have made it. Awesome, awesome, Robert. Uh, now, Robert, you fly the Embraer 145, which is a, a 50-seat jet for a uh, a carrier that's uh, based in your bases out of uh was it Houston, I think you said, is your, your base there. So um, now you actually fly this plane. This is something I, I want to point out before we get started, is that uh, a lot of people, you call it the regionals <laughs> that you fly for, but but in reality, you, you fly all over the place. You fly to many different countries. We were talking uh, before we started about 
you've been to so many cities in Mexico. So what what countries have you been to, and what various cities have you gone to? Oh, well, uh, with the 145, we mostly do uh, a lot of East Coast stuff, some West Coast. We do Canada. And we also do Mexico, like you were saying, uh, a lot of different destinations in Mexico, especially based out of Houston. Uh, that's one of our uh, larger uh, gates down south. We um, I, Personally, I've been uh, as far I – I was in the charter department for a while when we had a charter department going, and I was able to do some of the Caribbean, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, been to Puerto Rico, and I've also been to Cuba twice on the airplane. Wow. Cuba. Now, that's not normal. Yeah, that's not normal. Uh, we don't do that anymore, but uh, I have had that opportunity with this uh, with this airline, which has been pretty pretty great. Well, gosh, it, it sounds like you're you're flying uh, like for a legacy airline, but you're you're flying for quote unquote regional. It's you know they it really to me the line has been blurred. I mean, uh, what you're doing is very similar. Obviously, you don't have the range of some of the bigger planes, but the same cities uh, you go to, the the majors go to. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's identical. A lot of the routes we fly uh, used to be um, major routes. Right, right, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So uh, the point being, if you're listening and you want to go to a regional and you think that you're going to be limited on, on where you're going to go, believe me, there are lots of places to go. As a matter of fact, now that I'm I'm flying for a major, I don't really get to go to as many destinations because obviously the regionals go to all those small little uh, airports and also the big airports. So there's incredible amount of variety. So don't never you know discount the regionals. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I don't know about you, Robert, but I think it's cool to see all these places. I, I agree. I like going to. Uh, in fact, my favorite is going to uh, smaller airports because to me it's just a little bit more of a challenge. It's uh, it keeps it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, Robert, we, you let's let's back up a little bit here. You said that uh, you started flying when you were younger, and I remember you were pretty darn young, but how? Uh, when did, did you actually start flying airplanes? Well, I started when I was 14, uh, and uh, it was, I remember I did this summer before I started high school, so I was 14, and uh, I was fortunate enough to have uh, the, air, the airport that you taught at uh, was uh, within bike riding distance because obviously i couldn't drive at that time <laughs> so i got to uh got to experience uh, the uh, bike ride there to and from it was about seven miles from my house which wasn't that bad and uh so during the summer uh my dad was nice enough to pay for some flying lessons for me until i was able to eventually start working at the airport and uh, paying for my time that way so it was yeah it was pretty young it was it was a blast so i had a good time good time learning good memories in high school doing that yeah, I, I bet. I'm, you know, it's funny because I, I still have some great memories of, of instructing. And, you know, there's a, a lot of folks listening now that say, gosh, I'm not sure I want to instruct. But, boy, it, it's a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of cool people and do some really interesting things, especially flying out of an airport like you did. You know, Peter O'Knight Airport, that's a downtown airport and right on an island. That's really cool, I thought. I loved it. Um, but the uh, so now you started this flying, and did you when you started out? Did you always want to become a pilot? Did you know right away, or did it take a while to think about it? I was I, I had started uh, when I was a kid. I really uh, really had an interest in planes, but what really hit me was around seventh grade or so. I was taking a family trip, and we stopped in uh, DFW on the way to California. And I remember picking up a flying magazine at the airport, and I bought it and and took it home and started reading it and said, man, I re- this is something I really, really have an interest in doing, and this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. 
And uh, from there on out, I just learned everything I could about airplanes and just uh, it became a passion of mine. And uh, that's that's how I got started. Well, and you were a good student, too. You, you studied a lot. I think that passion helped uh, because if you weren't interested, you probably wouldn't have studied so much. Yeah, you know, it did. I, I, I think that was one reason I was so committed because it was something I wanted to do so bad. I remember being in, um, you know, in school, and when I had downtime in between classes or at lunch, I would be studying for my uh, private or my senior year. I was doing working on my instrument, so studying for my instrument. And yeah, I was. I just it wasn't a it wasn't a um, a burden to me. I just I wanted to do it. I wanted to stay in the books, and I wanted to continue learning and uh, and developing uh, my uh, my career. And it was it was a joy to do. I, I did not mind doing it at all. So you went from from doing that, from getting your ratings, to doing becoming a flight instructor. Uh, and how long did you instruct? And then uh, how long did it take you to get from from going to school and instructing to the airlines? Well, instructing. I think I was instructor for about, about two two and a half years total. A lot of that was part time. Probably the last year was more full time. Mm-hmm. And I got um, hired at my current airline pretty quick. I got hired with about a thousand hours. Wow. Yeah, so I was I was a low time when I got here, um but um it, you know that, that was uh, uh pretty pretty fortunate actually uh, to get on when I did. And um yeah, I'd say a you know, total of instructing about two and a half years. Two and a half years, wow. And that and then from there you went to flying a was it a prop or a jet? No, I went straight straight into the jet. Um so straight into the 145 and I've been so that was back in January 2005. So I've been on the I've been on the plane for like nine and a half years. You've been on this a nine and a half years, and and it's it's actually a really cool airplane. I liked flying it a lot, uh, and it it really once it, I think the neat thing about it was when you get to know an airplane that well, you it's a, it's like putting your glove on, and you can make it do what you want it to do, and you can make it fly a lot smoother. Um, and that's the one thing I really enjoyed um, about the the 145. Is there anything that that you really enjoy about it, or anything cool that you 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 like about flying it, or anything neat that you've done flying lately that you can tell us about? You know, honestly, yeah, I've um, I, I love the airplane. I love the way it flies. It's a it's a great airplane to fly. Just just the nature of the job itself. You do end up in a lot of fun places, uh, have fun experiences. I don't know, for example, I can say a couple of weeks ago, I was down to Mexico and woke up at 3 a.m. to an earthquake. Wow. Uh, just, you know, this travel is different. Different places take you uh, to different experiences, and uh, that's, a per, that's a fun part of the job. Uh, the, the airplane itself, um, it's, it's great. It uh, handles well. I like the fact that uh, we don't have auto throttles or auto land, uh, so it's a little less complex than maybe more modern airplanes coming out. Um, but... In that own re- in that in its own right, it's fun because you get to uh, hand fly the landings every single leg, and uh, I do enjoy that part of the job uh, thoroughly. So you actually land the airplane, unlike us uh, Airbus people that just push buttons. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a real yoke too. <laughs> and, you have a, and, and you're referring. You don't think our side stick really flies the plane? <laughs> well, actually, yours is, is amazingly enough. Your elevator controls aren't actually uh, connected to hydraulics. You manually control, right? Absolutely, yeah. There's direct linkage, and it's um, when you trim, it's all using. Uh, it, it changes the whole pitch of the horizontal stabilizer, and uh, it it is all direct connect. There's no hydraulic in there at all. It's all aerodynamic forces. Wow! So you actually get to feel a feel of it when you're actually landing. 
You can feel yeah. that elevator. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a neat thing about that airplane. Uh, you know, flying something a little bit bigger and uh, like like the Airbus, you, you kind of tend to just have to use your eyes because there is no feel. You have to use your eyes, and that's it. Um, so now now here you are at the, in the Embraer, and you've you know you could be just like any old line pilot and just stay in, in the left seat making good money. Uh, but you decided to become a Czech Airman. I'm assuming that's because you like to flight instruct. I did. Um, yes, that was that was definitely part of it. Uh, flight instructing was a was a good experience, uh, and uh, I I carried a lot of what I learned from flight instructing over into being a uh, Czech Airman. The other thing too is one of the uh, the initial instructor I had when I came to my airline. Uh, was uh, very influential in my career and just setting the whole tone uh, towards the rest of my career progression at at my current airline. And uh, he really um, was able to uh, show me what a what a good attitude can get you in this career. And he, like I say, he really set the tone and um, he was very influential. So I really wanted to be able to help other line pilots uh, coming on, especially the uh, new hires or new captains uh, um, experience that as well and have a positive transition into an airline career. And so for me, that was a big part of it. And uh, that was uh, something that I felt I could serve this pilot group with and uh, one of uh, my motivating factors for applying to be a Czech airman. Hmm. That's amazing because it, it really is, uh, sounds like you had a, a great mentor and, and that's not something we, I was thinking of talking about, but you, I'm assuming that having good mentors is, is really important in your career. Absolutely. And uh, this particular individual, he's no longer, he moved on to a different carrier and uh, so he's no longer here. But, you know, I still have contact with him and uh, he, he is he is very influ- influential. And uh, throughout the time when he was here, especially, you know, I'd see him around and ask him questions and able to talk with him. And uh, he became a friend, too. And, you know, that that was something uh, that really impacted me early on. I felt that it was a way to um, help uh, help serve the pilot group and help uh, with career progression as well uh just as, ha- as how that w- had happened to me with my original czech airman uh, who was influential in that area i was hoping to do the same to others too cool cool now you know com- becoming a czech airman is something that not too many people do i forget what the stats are it's like three percent or so uh at the airline become czech airman uh, how did you progress there other than having your mentors you know how did you start uh, preparing to become a Czech Airman? Did you start many years ago or, or right before your training? Well, I think it starts with, um, that's an interesting question because it's not, I guess you can't start at exactly one step. Obviously getting hired at an airline would be the first step, but, um, it more, it's just having that mindset of, uh, a good worth ethic and, uh, Preparing yourself professionally, uh, you know, staying uh, staying good on your technical knowledge, uh, staying involved in your technical knowledge, and growing yourself as a professional. Overall, it's uh, it's just a an attitude that you have that you take to the line of you want to be uh, a good pilot. You want to continue to progress professionally, and I would say the first step is just just having that mindset of wanting to do a good job, wanting to. Um, consider uh safety and professionalism and just an overall genuine uh 
belief in what you're doing and uh, knowing uh, what this, knowing what your job entails and trying to do it to the best of your ability. So basically, being a good airline pilot. Absolutely, uh, I think that's the first step because you know what, um, you have to interview internally. Uh, to become a check airman and it's just like a normal job interview and if you you know they're they're looking for that they're looking to see how you flew they're looking to see what your uh what your training records look like they're looking to see uh do you have a you know a line of a disciplinary history are you are you um basically a well-rounded pilot it's, it would be just like a normal job interview and those are the things they're looking for so to begin to to begin to uh, progressing in that job, first you need to make sure that you're going into it with a professional attitude for what you're doing at the time. And that's just regular line flying and getting to know all you can and develop yourself uh, the best you can professionally in your line flying career. Uh, and then because if you don't have those basics down, you're not going to transition very well into being the Czech Airman. Well, all of a sudden now you have to lead by example and also teach, uh, teach either a new captain or a new hire, or um, be able to uh, give meaningful critiques doing line checks. So you have to you have to work on yourself professionally first before you before you, uh, I would say, should consider uh, applying. So now you said you do line checks and all. Now a check airman uh, can be somebody who's a what they call a line check airman. That's somebody who goes out there and does the line checks and uh, basically those are the evaluations that happen every so often uh, and they're mandated by the FAA and by the company. And then uh, you also have different other different types of check airmen. You the position that you are in is what's called a line check airman. Someone that goes out and does initial operating experience or IOE that type of thing. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. You have your um, what we call offline uh, check airmen and online check airmen. And as you stated, I'm an online check airman. So when I have a, a qual pilot come to me, uh, they'll be uh, we'll be flying in the real airplane. That is where our, uh, our training will or we could call it skill consolidation, we'll say uh, takes place is uh, actually in the aircraft as opposed to an offline check airman will be the uh, check airman you'll see before you get to the airplane. There'll be your sim instructors and uh, so forth. So you were saying that there's uh, the line check airman. So what is the the simulator check airman? What does the simulator check airman do? Okay, so simulator check airmen, uh, we refer to those are offline guys, so they don't fly the line regularly, uh, which means they don't fly the air. Their training uh, environment takes place in the simulator, and uh, that would be where you would go before you get to the real airplane. So their job is to uh, practice more more so emergency procedures with the uh, students that you would not want to do in a real airplane, and also make sure that... Uh, learnings taking place with regards to procedures and flows and checklists. That's where you iron out uh, the majority of that uh, before you get to the aircraft and the online check airman phase of the portion of the training. Okay, so so there's a career path there. You could actually say you only want to work in the simulator. Say you're over 65, you could actually work as a check airman at an airline, but only in the simulator, right? Correct. Okay, okay. So that's that's pretty cool. That's another neat idea is, is uh, to, to go that route, too, is uh, to work in the simulator. But what you're doing, I think, is is really neat because you actually get to fly and you get to teach, which is you're basically a flight instructor, but you're getting paid a whole heck of a lot more than a flight instructor. So, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a great thing. Um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, though, uh, as far as a, a Czech airman, uh, 
or any airline pilot, there are certain characteristics of a, of a Czech airman, and, and there's a way to develop those. I'm assuming, uh, and you can answer this, becoming a flight instructor would be a great way to, to build those characteristics of a Czech airman. I'm sure there's some other ways, but would that be a good place to start? Absolutely. Uh, yes, flight instructing. Um, one of the things they uh, ask you in the interview is, have you been a flight instructor? Uh, tell us about that. Tell us you know, how you dealt with students that might have been having uh, overcoming some learning difficulties or overcoming a hard learning curve. Uh, so absolutely, those skills will translate uh, into uh, being a Czech airman at an airline. Um, also, too, in, in regards to that, there's opportunities in the airline itself before you can be eligible to be che- be a check airman that you could do as a first officer at an airline, uh, whether it be a CRM facilitator, crew resource management facilitator, or uh, even a normal ground po- or a ground instructor. Uh, technically, you can be an FO for that and also help prepare you to become a check airman if you uh, upgrade and become captain. So there's lots of opportunities to teach and uh, and to to actually evaluate people, even if you're brand new with an airline. That's pretty cool, I think. Uh, so if that's what you want to do, you can do that. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to your question, what can you do to prepare to be a check airman? Uh, obviously, um, professional development's one, but those are some areas uh, that can absolutely be used to prep yourself uh, for the job. And, you know, another, uh, just as a, an aside here, as far as, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of flight instructors. I think almost everybody should become one. Uh, you know, if you absolutely hate teaching, no, don't become one. But I found that when I came on board, I was doing a lot of instrument flying, a lot of instrument instructing, and that helped me tremendously when I started with the airlines. Uh, do you see any difference between the folks you fly with that are flight instructors and that were not flight instructors or, or no? Um, sometimes, uh, the ones that were flight instructors seem to be able to, this is a generalization. It's not true for every individual, obviously, but instructors, uh, seem to be able to multitask a little bit better because as an instructor, that's what you're doing quite a bit as far as having to, uh, teach, watch, and, um, be able to critique that helps in training and uh, that helps just uh, overall it's they seem to have a better situational awareness um where you know someone who maybe i don't know not to put down crop dusters but maybe someone who has most of her time in a crop duster might not have uh the uh the maybe not have been in a more complex environment uh, as long, uh, so that might not help. In the one with the flight instructor might have an advantage coming from a more complex environment where they're having to teach them more complex environment over someone who maybe is just doing something simple like banner tour or crop dusting. Not to say that that's uh, true for all, but in general, po- that could possibly be uh, possibly be an advantage over instructing. So, yeah, and that, that's a, that was a great example. So somebody who's a crop duster is not really working the system as much, you know, the air traffic control system, so they're not getting that experience usually. Uh, they Absolutely. may have another job, but, yeah, they're, they're normally – I mean, I know people have hasn't talked to air traffic control in years. Uh, so they really and, – and those jobs are few and far between, but that's why they like them because uh, they mm-hmm. don't have to deal with air traffic control and, and the, the system and working the IFR environment, the, the instrument environment. 
so that's interesting. But you're right. I mean, uh, there are some. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys I fly with that are very talented pilots, and and I think are great captains that never were flight instructors. Um, but you know, I think that instructing does help you, uh, especially when you're moving uh, forward in your career. And like you said, it helps you multitask a lot, and uh, it, make, it gives you a greater depth of knowledge. And you, you never know when you'll need that. You said that there's you know the banner toes. They they may not have worked in the system as much, but you know, and like I said, there's there's some guys I've worked with that are terrific pilots, never been instructors, of course. Uh, so that that is a, a generalization. It's just it seems that you get to know the system better, uh, IFR, and I think it prepares you a lot better for the interview, especially uh, being Absolutely. a instructor um, and and working in the system. Um, you know the, the uh, and other characteristics I think of a Czech airman, you know, from my viewpoint, is and, and this is something someone told me as a flight instructor too is is you have to be very patient. Uh, incredibly patient because uh, you know someone's gonna gonna mess up and and you're gonna want to jump in but you can't you know obviously if it's safety related you do um, but <coughs> you, you have to let them make their mistakes and then hopefully learn from those mistakes um, and you're always learning I, I think you know I've flown with uh, two guys that were Czech airmen and they're constantly into the airplane so I think I think some people become wired to becoming Czech airmen in other words they want to teach. And they can't stop. I mean, both Czech airmen I flew with, they, both guys that retired as Czech airmen, I should say, were still teaching. <laughs> you know, they still, yeah. still enjoyed and loved passing along a certain amount of knowledge. Um, but, you know, there's something that I'd like to know, though, as far as, as Czech airmen's concerned. And we'll go back to the whole thing about, about experience and, and flying. If you've, especially you get to see a lot of, of new hire pilots, um, you would suggest, I'm assuming, for someone to try to work in the system as much as they can, like you said, with maybe a, uh, an instructor doing instrument training and uh, uh, instead of doing it so much on the banner toast side, uh, do you think that's a, do you think, uh, I know you have to build all this time, uh, but mm-hmm. do you think that's the more efficient way to go is to go banner toe or should they be sticking with flight instructing? I mean, do you, what, do you have an opinion on that? Well, I mean, I guess it, like I said, the it, it's good to, Maybe I'm just partial because I came from a flight instructing environment, but it's good to. I think the quality of flight instruction, if if you have a passion for it and you're and you're doing it well, uh, is good because you're going to really, like we were talking about earlier, learn the system and know the system um, uh, better and be able to articulate um, what you know. You're, you're going to be able to explain that system well. Where with banner towing, it's not bad. Like I said, I'm not. I have nothing against banner towers. I'm not knocking on banner towers at all. But you know, flying around towing banners is a great way to build time. But you might have uh, more experiences that you could learn from uh, going in a different environment. So if you're flight instructing, you might be teaching, uh, you know, let's say a private pilot applicant how to land one day, and then you have an instrument student. Uh, later on that afternoon and you're teaching them how to shoot approaches so you just get a more diverse well-rounded background and and that's my opinion anyways right right uh, yeah and i understand that makes sense uh uh but but you know again if you are say a freight dog or whatever you're going to be in the system all the time so that's a absolutely you know, and you, yeah. you really don't need to instruct much you'll you'll be working the, the ifr system as much as you want but if you want to become a check airman i think uh, just in general, I think it's a good idea to become a flight instructor. Not that all Czech airmen are flight instructors, uh, but uh, and that's another thing, by the way. You don't have to be a flight instructor to be a Czech airman in an airline. Nope. So yeah. all you need to do is what? You have to. Have uh, 
Yeah, you just have to um, you just have to meet the qualifications and uh, apply uh, for the position internally when they offer them in the company. In fact, I'll t- <laughs> honestly, what you're saying, you don't have to be a flight instructor is true. My flight instructor certificate is uh, expired. I mean, it's no longer valued. But uh, the way it works, uh, being a Czech Airman, is you get a letter from the FAA. Uh, uh, the the check airman letter from the FAA that shows okay you're valid and you're you're good to go as a check airman so it's not even an actual flight instructor certificate right the other oh the one cool thing I guess about being an instructor is that you can actually get your instructor certificate renewed uh, through the FAA because of the fact you're a check airman uh, or that's something I've heard so huh. I have cool. I will have to plead ignorance on that one and if it's true I'm going to go look it up because I want to go get mine done. Now, now that I said that. <laughs> I, I do know some people have done that. I mean, gosh, you're going through all this. You're teaching, and you're you're very much involved. Uh, I mean, more so than the average airline pilot. That's a that's a flight instructor. Normally, they go through these renewal courses online every two years, and they just renew their instructor certificate. And it may just be a couple hours. Whereas you're you're constantly involved in evaluating pilots. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, to me, I think that's that's a great way to do it. You may have to may have to talk to the, to the FISDO about that. But I know that that they can do that. It's just they have to make it a, I guess something official the paperwork, et cetera. Um, but uh, that'd be interesting. That's interesting to find out. Now, uh, you know, going back to this whole Czech Airman thing, I know we're, we're talking about becoming an airline pilot and then becoming a Czech Airman. There's very few people that become Czech Airman. Uh, they say there's, I think it's 3%. I can't remember the whole percentage as far as people at the airline. But it's something that's really tough to do. And, you know, I, I to me, I don't care if it's tough to do. If you want to do it, you should pursue it. And I think before you were saying that there was just how many applicants were there for the job that you were looking at? Uh, somewhere between two hundred and three hundred. And how many people think, actually uh, became a Czech Airman then? I think there was at that point in time there was about twelve people, from what I heard. Yeah, uh, so. I don't. I think that's. I don't know if that's the official number, but I heard there was about twelve slots open. Right, and these are people that that have been there for a long time and also have experience and then want to become Czech Airmen. Uh, so Absolutely. now you're already an airline captain, and then you become a Czech airman. So uh, the way, and, and it sounds like one of the ways that you were able to get yourself to that point is through a very good network of people. Uh, you know, we talked about your first Czech airman. We talked about some of the people at work. Um, but it's it's good, I think, to have some knowledge of people there in the train department because if you're you're an unknown quantity, not sure your resume is going to get to the top of the stack. That is correct. I mean, it's just like anything else in the nation. It's, it's, you know, you're applying for, even though you're working with the company, you are applying for a job within that company. It's a completely different position. And uh, yes, absolutely. I had uh, three letters of recommendation from other Czech airmen uh, that uh, when I went to the interview, I, you know, brought those three letters of recommendation in there. And I also got a couple letters of recommendation from uh, FOs that I had, I had with. And uh, they also recommend, say, he'd be good as a Czech airman as well. So networking is, I, I mean, it, it is absolutely, uh, absolutely, there's a lot of value to it. I mean, a ton of value to it. So if you're, you're listening to this and you're a pilot at a regional and you want to, or you're a pilot in general at any airline, and you want to move up to the Czech airman spot, you're still going to be, have to network. It's not just getting the job. Uh, once you're in the door and you want to move forward, you, you have to continue to network. Unless you're one of those type of people that wants to hang out in the corner and uh, go fly your fly your plane, come back home, and that's it, which is fine. 
I mean, there's a lot, I, you know, I, heck, there's a lot of really good pilots that do that. They, they fly under the radar. They don't even know the check, the, 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 what is it? The, um, the chief pilot's name, <laughs> you know, they, they're like, Oh, who's the chief pilot again? <laughs> and, but that's fine. But as a Czech airman, you're on a whole nother level. You actually have to interact quite often with a company. So there's some challenges that you have that the average pilot doesn't have. For instance, when they're going through revisions and into new procedures and developing new procedures, I'm assuming that's something that you have to know about and be involved with beforehand. Yes, they um, we, we do have uh, knowledge beforehand of new procedures that are going to hit the line because they want us to learn them first. And uh, we're going through quite a bit of that right now, uh, going through our airlines, going through a merger. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that's we're going through quite a bit of changes here, and that is something that we have to stay on top of because how are we going to explain it to line pilots if we don't know it? So absolutely, that's something that we do beforehand. Hmm. You know, that this has been really cool talking about all these different things. And, um, you know, I, I want to ask you some other stuff. Before we get into some general advice on, on folks that want to become a Czech Airman, I want to talk about the regionals a little bit. I know we, we, we have a few minutes here. Uh, I I liked flying at the regionals. I thought it was a lot of fun. I I got a lot of satisfaction out of it, um, and it can be a great job. Uh, there's a lot of people that I think downplay uh, flying at the at the regionals. Say, oh, I don't want to be a regional pilot. And I, you know, I see it at the majors too. Oh, I never wanted to do that. And I'm like, gosh, you know, there's some there's some incredible challenges. You're, I mean, sometimes you're doing five landings in one day. I got de-iced five times in one day, and <laughs> and so you're doing all this in one day as opposed to maybe doing it once a week or once a month. Uh, so I, I think that's that's something that's really interesting. I don't, you know, what other things would you tell somebody that's that's saying, hey, you know, I don't want to become a regional pilot? Um, what would you say to that person? Well, I mean, I understand a lot of of where people are coming from, and uh, you know, the lack sometimes the lack of stability in regionals turn people off. But like you're saying, the flying is absolutely um, enjoyable. I'm not one of those people. I guess I'm weird in the sense that I don't mind doing five legs a day because for me, it helps the day go by pretty quick. Um, so I would I would say to that person, you get to see uh, a lot more variety of your destinations. And uh, like you're saying, the challenge, if, if you like going to work and being challenged, there, there's a lot of challenging environments uh, that you fly through. Um, and uh, to me, that's very appealing. And also, uh, just from the standpoint of uh, the people I work with here at the regionals, the pilot group, everyone's, for the most part, just really great people to work with. I walk away with a, a lot of friendships uh, from this place. I would tell people to enjoy the uh, the ride if uh, regionals aren't your final destination, you're trying to get on with a major. And I think that's really key is enjoying the ride in that. And uh, what I mean by that is when you're an instructor, you want to go to flying a jet. When you're flying an RJ, you want to go to the next big thing. And um, I think as you're saying, you enjoy. I mean, you're a you're you're out of major, and you came from a regional, and you look back and say, "Man, that was a lot of fun." I tell people that enjoy enjoy this type of flying because if you do move on to a major or a different type of flying, it's going to be different, and there are going to be uh, things that you're going to miss the the joy of just flying the airplane and uh, having having a good time with it. Uh, so it's not it's not all bad. It's not as bad as uh, a lot of people make it out to be. You know, I, gosh, I really have to agree with you on anything you do in life, no matter what your career is and what your career goal is. I think uh, you should try to enjoy every job you have, whether it's pumping gas or you know working as, a, as at the line boy at the airport or whatever, which I think you've actually done that, haven't you? I have. And, you know, that's funny that you bring that up because uh, 
Yeah, I was just talking, you know, I talked to a friend, a mutual friend of ours quite a bit, and uh, we talk about, we. yeah, I, I worked line for five years, and, wow. you know, when I worked line, I wanted to be a flight instructor, and, uh, you know, when I was a flight instructor, I wanted to be an RJ, and I think it's, it took me a little bit in life to learn this, but I am content in the fact now knowing that you really do just have to enjoy the phase that you're at and uh, find, you know, find the joy in doing what you're doing, uh, working. And um, that once you come to that realization, it really does change your, a lot of your perspective. So a lot of the things that people don't enjoy about regionals, I, I see a lot of the good out of it, too. And uh, yes, that line, I, I go back and I look at what it was like uh, fueling airplanes and I had so much fun with that job. I had a blast. I would do, you know, I wouldn't mind if, going back and doing that sometimes uh, just because it was so much fun and you get to meet a bunch of cool people doing it. And your other jobs too, it sounds like your attitude's great. I think that helps uh, in general and that yours plus other people that are out there listening, it's all about your, your attitude in life. Uh, how is it the glass half full or half empty? And, and you've really, you know, you're you're kind of living the dream. You've been able to move forward in a career that you enjoy. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be other next steps in your career. Uh, you may move or you may not, you know, move to a, a, another airline, uh, fly something bigger. You know, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't know I was going to leave the regionals. I was, I told someone this yesterday. Uh, I said, you know, I, I really like the regionals. I wasn't going to leave. And uh, they looked at me and said, gosh, you know, you better go see a doctor. <laughs> I, said, well, I said, no, no, I really, I mean it. It's, it's so much fun. And now, you know, you said you like doing the takeoffs and landings all the time. One, I do. One thing that I, I, I tell people is if you want to go to the majors and you're not, you, you think you're going to miss doing the takeoffs and landings all the time, it's really simple. When you get to the majors, you're going to be making enough money. You can buy your own airplane and then go around the pattern in a J3 Cub and take off and land all the time. And, uh, you know, that, that was my goal. I finally realized that, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll do that. Maybe I'll move on to the majors. I really, and, and here's the other thing that happens, you know, talk about enjoying the journey. I moved on to the majors. I actually really like it. I did not, I didn't realize how much I would like it. I, I, it was, it was a lot better than I thought. And, uh, so you never know what that next step's going to be. I mean, when you're, I mean, when I moved on, I was like, gosh, this is kind of scary. You know, I'm not sure if I'm going to, I'm going to like this or not. And then you realize, wow, there's this whole new world that's opened up, uh, to me. So, you know, yeah, I may just fly one leg a day or one leg every other day, but still it's, it's a blast. And if I want to do touch and goes, I, I go jump in the 182, you know, and do touch and goes in that. Uh, or or hopefully a J3 Cub will be in my, my future. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun airplane. <laughs> yeah. But but you know I think I think it's the old thing. You know you're looking out the airplane window and you're always looking at the other person that's flying, and you say, "Gosh, I wish I was doing that." You're taxing by in a in a jet, and you see a J3, and you say, "Gosh, I wish I was flying that." And their person's looking at you saying, "I wish I was flying that jet." Uh, so just enjoy that journey. I think that's that's uh, probably the best thing that you brought up here, Robert. That's that was absolutely terrific and great advice. Um, but getting back to to wanting to become an airline pilot, and then wanting to become a check airman, uh, do you have any advice? Just general advice again uh, for those folks that want to someday. Uh, they're not maybe maybe they're not airline pilots right now. Maybe they are airline pilots, but they want to someday become an airline check airman. What kind of advice would you give them? Well. I would uh, again um, get try to uh, think of ways that you can find roles in and uh, teaching and and learning how to teach and passing along knowledge. Find that passion for that. Find that uh, that drive that makes you want to to um, engage people in that in that respect. 
and uh, you know, just continue, continue having a passion for what you're doing. Continue to learn everything you can about aviation, everything you can about the FARs, everything you can about uh, you know the the aircraft that you're flying right now. Um, learn learn what you're doing at that moment in time well, well enough that you can pass You know, you can teach and pass information along to others, and then find the opportunities to do that, whether it be flight instructing. Um, or, uh, even if you eventually, if you make it to an airline, uh, you know, there's lots of opportunities to teach within, uh, the airline that, uh, will prepare you for that for ground instructor, CRM, the things I mentioned earlier, CRM facility, CRM, excuse me, CRM facilitator, ground instructor, those, those type of, uh, those positions and just, uh, really just continue on developing a, that professional attitude that, uh, that attitude that uh, seeks to know more and uh, just constantly be be expounding on that. And uh, I think if, if you go into it with that mindset and just keep your drive, uh, you you know you'll you'll make make it to where you want to be uh, in the future. And with that uh, apply too. When it's been, I can tell you how many friends uh, when they found out oh you got hired as a check in and all I wanted to do that. It's like oh did you get an interview? Well no. Well did you apply? Well no. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it if you don't apply. So you gotta try. So, you know um, that I know that's really very general advice, but um, that's, that's just great advice. I mean, that's just kind of how how it worked out for me. And uh, you know, just c- continue developing yourself as a professional. That's that's what they're looking for. You know, I think a lot of people forget to to knock on the door. We're afraid to do that, and in, in a lot of play, in a lot of times in life, you know, just ask. You know, that's as simple as that. All they can say is no, and yep. uh, and you can keep trying. Uh, but if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. And absolutely, and some great great advice. Well, Rob, boy, man, you've given us some some terrific advice here, uh, and and some great things. I, you know, the, what's interesting about the airlines and, and the regional airlines? We talk about a pilot shortage. We're really if you don't mind talking a little bit about that, especially we won't talk about the airline you work for, but in general, um, there's been a lot of discussion about pilot shortages. And, you know, I tell people, don't don't listen to the major airline pilots because there's really never going to be much of a, a pilot shortage at the majors because they could suck in every uh, regional pilot. There are regional pilots that don't want to go to the majors, yes. But on your side of things, on the regional side of things, are, do you see that... Um, any challenges, say specifically with the one that you're working for, any challenges finding pilots? Um, I know from what I've heard is there, you know, the, the, the pool's definitely thinning out uh, to draw applicants from. Most of the regionals are in the same boat right now. There's a lot of consolidation going on. There's a lot of uh, the 50-seat market seems to be a dying market right now. So uh, to help combat the pilot shortage right now, a lot of a lot of airlines, a lot of the majors are parking. We're having the regionals that fly that contract under them park uh, some of the aircraft, and that's helping uh, a bit to uh, alleviate the pain right now. Um, the majors haven't. I mean, they're hiring, yes, but they haven't really started hiring, and what they will be soon. So once that. You know, it'll be very interesting to see when hiring kicks into full swing with the majors and a lot of people coming out of the regionals, what will happen. And I I don't know. I don't know enough about the numbers to know how, you know, if it's going to be as big as everyone says it's going to be or if it's going to be, you know, yeah, we're, we're, 
having trouble finding people, but we're still filling classes. Or if it's going to be, we can't find anybody, we're not going to be able to, you know, um, continue our contract obligations. I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, but I do know that there's a lot of movement coming and there's a lot of opportunity out there uh, for anyone who wants to come in, uh, come into the airline. And, and I really agree with that. There's a ton of opportunity right now, a lot of movement. Uh, just even even at the majors, things that are, are growing and people are retiring, that type of thing. It's one of two things. It's either growth or retirements, and there's going to be a lot of retirements in the next few years. Uh, but if you look at, the, you know, there's an interesting statistic that, fit, was it 51% of all the flights are done by the regionals? That's incredible. Yes. That's out, it never <laughs> was like that. And you're flying bigger airplanes, too. I mean, there's some regionals, I think, are flying 100 seats. Uh, and there's a lot of regionals flying, you know, 75 seaters or 73 seaters, you know, that type of thing. So there's a lot of opportunity to fly bigger airplanes. That's true. And you know, it's it's as much as I like to see that flying at the more at the main line. Um, I you know I think that it would be better to see it more at the main line, uh, just for better opportunity. And I know I'm a regional guy saying that, but um, there will be a lot of opportunity still with the airlines uh, divvying out their a lot of their domestic flying to regional partners. Uh, but I hear that's kind of the pendulum swinging back the other way, and mainliners are actually starting to uh, talk about put more of their aircraft on to domestic feed. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes and uh, see if that's their answer to the uh, possible shortage. I mean, I don't know. That's just, just what I'm hearing. I don't, I don't know uh, where the truth might lie somewhere in between. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, it, it's – and this is an interesting thing. You, you talked about a lot of guys parking 50-seat jets. So there's a reason for that because they just can't fill them. So, again, mm-hmm. if, if you're wanting to do this, you want to become a regional, this is a great time. This is a great time to be in that role. Um, well, Robert, hey, you know, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we go? Uh, no, I just uh, thank you for the opportunity for having me on. This is uh, fun. I've I know a lot of podcasts that I've never got to be on once. I'm <laughs> excited. <laughs> this is awesome, Robert. And Robert, you know, is a great example of someone. You know, I've I've flown with Robert, and I remember him getting his uh, private, and then worked with him on his instrument rating. And uh, it's an, it's amazing to to see you, know, you move forward so much. And I'm glad that that you have. And and you know, you can tell, especially with yourself, people that are really passionate about aviation, and they're going to stick to it. Uh, and you're you're one of those, and uh, I think Robert's advice on enjoying the journey, you know, is very very important. And also, if you want a, a door to open, you need to knock on it. You need to try, and, and I think that's that's incredibly important. Hey, Robert, if people have questions, if you don't mind, I'm going to have them go to aviationcareerspodcast.com/slash/contact and fill out the form, mm-hmm. ask a question, and I'll forward those to you. And then maybe you could give them feedback uh, either on the next show or just write back to me, and I'll read your response. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. So if you have any questions and you're listening right now and you want to ask Robert something, just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. I'll forward it to Robert about being a check airman, those type of things, and uh, about pay, et cetera. Oh, by the way, how much more pay is it normally as an airline, a check airman, say percentage-wise? Is there a good, good uh, you know, way to figure that out? Uh, yeah, percentage-wise. I mean, it varies from airline to airline. I know uh, my current airline uh, – you know, it's probably I'm doing the math in my head. I see about ten percent more. Yeah. Okay. Fifteen percent more, somewhere in there. Ten, fifteen percent more. 
<laughs> my mental math is a little drained today. <laughs> it was a long, it was a long day. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> You're on an overnight, so now you get to get to kind of enjoy yourself. Like you said, there's there's they're having the manager special here soon, and uh, actually, yes. I, <laughs> and that's always a good thing. But and, and as airline pilots, we all know we love the manager special because it means free food and free drinks uh, for for at least like an hour or so or more, depending on where you are. Uh, and some hotels have some incredible breakfast. So there's another thing to look forward to as an airline pilot. <laughs> That's another good thing about going to Mexico. Mexico breakfast is down there. Oh, oh. man, they do it right. Chilaquiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm wanting to go to Mexico again here. Hopefully I'll go shortly. <laughs> well, you know, Robert, again, thanks for being on. I really appreciate your being here. And uh, it's been wonderful. And, I, and I'd love to talk to you more and, and watch what you do with your career uh, moving forward. Uh, the uh, and if you're listening right now and you appreciate the podcast, please go to aviationcareerspodcast.com uh, slash 65. That would be this episode. You can listen to it there by hitting the play button. Uh, you can also go to iTunes and listen to this, and there's many other ways by uh, looking at the website. Also, if you like the podcast, please visit our sponsors, and they're right there on the right side of the screen. Uh, also, we started a thing, and it's called the Scholarship of the Week, and actually people really are enjoying it, so I'll just mention one. I'm going to make it short. People said don't read the whole scholarship, so we're going to do that. This week's scholarship is the Chuck Freeland uh, Memorial Scholarship, and it's uh, they have a scholarship for, uh, let's see, this one here is going to be from the AEA, Aircraft Electronics Association, and uh, this one here is going to be, I think it's $1,500 is what that scholarship is. So, But if you want to go check out the scholarships, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. And, uh, you know, it, folks, if, if you've listened to this and you've been inspired to do something different with your life and, and become a, an airline pilot, I encourage you to give it a try. Uh, but, but the most important thing during this, and Robert has done a great job of explaining it, is that you should enjoy the journey. And you know what? If you want to do something, try. Give it a shot. And I know you can do it. I know you can do this. And if you're, if you're listening now, try do something right now. I'll tell you what. If you're listening, think of something that you can do, uh, some door that you can open by knocking on it. Go find out something about a new rating, about a job, that type of thing. And uh, if you're driving, you know, pull over. Uh, maybe call somebody about a job or think about it for later. I know on these new phones you can actually put a memo in there. So put a memo in your new phone and say, hey, you know, remember to, to talk to somebody about a new opportunity, a new job. But most importantly, enjoy the journey and make sure you keep keep those dreams up in the sky. Uh, and, you know, but keep your, your feet uh, you know, firmly on the ground and, and start, you know, leave those castles in the sky, as they say. But now let's start building that foundation. We'll build that foundation by, by doing like what Robert says, enjoying that journey, learning as much as you can, and, and do things with integrity. Folks, this has been wonderful talking to you. We will talk to you next episode. Safe flying. Keep that dream alive. And don't forget to knock on those doors. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.